We are at the time of year when kids are heading back to school or going off to college. And if you are a parent, I wonder how you feel about this back to school season. Do you love it or do you dread it? Are you crying tears of joy or tears of sorrow? It's easy to get nostalgic or just look at it as a new beginning. And no one way is more right or wrong. But it is interesting to see how we all respond to the changes. Lately, God has been reminding me of the importance of parenting. And one part of that is the letting go process. I'm glad you stopped by. Let's dive in. Welcome to Walking on Water, where our focus is to learn to walk by faith and not by sight. What's the storm in your life? I'll never say that it's easy, but Jesus changes our perspective. He gives us courage to do life differently, to throw off the victim mentality that threatens to drown us in our pain, and he gives us the tools we need to live a victorious life. I'm your host, Lynette Carpenter. Let's discover more about the power-filled, faith-filled life Jesus invites us to live. Hey, hey, welcome to another week of Walking on Water. It has been a whirlwind around here as we have wrapped up our busy summer and packed up our third child, Corey, and sent him off to the Dominican. So as I record this, we are nearing the end of a very busy summer, and I have been feeling ready for some rest and routine again. If you don't know us well, we own and operate a crop farm along with a poultry facility, and the last several years have been absolutely crazy between the months of April and September, Um, along with doing a four-barn (laughs) clean-out. That's four barns that need to be cleaned out, which takes approximately six weeks. Um, Tim is also responsible for planting and irrigating our crops while I try to oversee the clean-out. Thank God for our kids. They are so much help to us. Um, However, this all coincides with baseball, end of the school year events, um, which leads into VBS, which then leads into our youth retreat in August and explains the five cold sores I'm battling right now. (laughs) But we made it through and we, we survived. And because we're crazy, I do have to say, we also squeezed in um, a wedding. Let's see, back in 2020, we squeezed in a wedding. And then in 2021, we also had an open house along with all those activities. And then in 2022, we had another wedding. And so, of course, we needed to do something this year, which was an open house um, for Corey. But I'm pretty, pretty confident that next summer we will not have an added event in there. But I am just tired thinking about it all, right? Sometimes the whirlwind that is my life has me researching and praying over what rest looks like. And while I would love to sit and talk about that subject a while, and maybe someday soon we will, today my retrospective self wants to dig into one of the more difficult areas of parenting, and that is letting go. I've been thinking about this because, as I said earlier, the day after, it would have been the day after our youth retreat, Tim and I drove our son, Corey, to the airport to say goodbye as he is taking part of a ministry slash college program down in the Dominican Republic. I've known that this day was coming for a long time, and I felt like I was handling things fairly well. I'm the type of mom who enjoys the season that I'm in, but I'm generally not afraid of the one to come. 
I've always enjoyed seeing my children reach the next stage in life, and I, I, I'm able to celebrate those milestones along with them. However, I did find it to be interesting that in the weeks leading up to Corey's departure, our digital frame in the kitchen stayed stuck on a picture. You know, it slides through different, you can upload photos. And so we have lots of photos from childhood all the way to current um, pictures. And (laughs) the kids all have access to it so they can upload pictures from wherever they are in the world. And so I love that. I love that frame in the kitchen. But it was stuck on a picture of Corey's first day of preschool. And he had this long blonde hair and big, beautiful eyes. And it just took me a couple of days to realize that it wasn't that I happened to glance at it every time it was on that picture. It was actually just stuck on that picture. And it started triggering some feelings, you know. I couldn't help back help but think back through all the years, back to the very day that he was born. It's crazy, you know. It doesn't seem that long ago. But here we are. And I have so many countless memories between the day he arrived to this very day. I remember so well in the early years feeling like I would be in that stage forever. Okay, so we had Tyler, and then it was almost four years before we had Amy. And then we had Amy and Corey and Kobe like boom, 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 one right after the other. And that's a whole story in itself. Someday I'll have to share that because we... I had some years where I thought I would never be able to have more children after Tyler. So my youngest three, well, they're all miracles, um, but the youngest three were were definitely ones that I, I prayed for a long time, thinking we would not be able to have more kids. So anyway, boom, boom, boom. There they all came. By the time we brought our youngest home, um, Amy would have been three. So we had three kids, three and under, plus my little knight in shining armor, uh, Tyler, was a little bit older and was able to help me so much. And those were hard, um, long days. And I remember hearing the phrase that the days are long, but the years are short. And I kind of wanted to punch people in the face when they would say it. (laughs) And I realize now how very true that is. I find that it's interesting the expectations I've put on the letting go process. I have to admit that I personally have felt guilty for not feeling more emotional Um, I don't know if you can relate to that at all. I beat myself up over it and wonder if I'm selfish or unloving or what's going on that I don't feel more grief about this new season um, until a friend used a word that struck a chord. And it's so simple, but it's the word peace. And I love that because that's what I have. I have peace. doesn't mean that I have don't have my moments of worry or um, can allow different thoughts to go through my mind that are not beneficial. But overall, I have just this overriding sense of peace. And I know that Corey is doing the very thing that I raised him to do, that we raised him to do. And that is to eventually leave home to learn and grow and become independent, separate from our care. So while I'm still Somewhere in the middle of this letting go process, I have to wonder, does a mother ever fully let go? Like no matter what age and stage of life she's in, if we're being honest with ourselves, we begin the letting go process from the very moment they exit our womb and then we hold them in our arms. That's the first step towards separation and one that can tear at a mom's heart. 
Most of us have a deep-seated desire inside of us to be able to control and protect our children. And while those are good desires, they can be ultimately destructive if we don't learn to manage those feelings well. I am not an expert on this process of releasing my kids, but I want to share with you what I have learned through the years as I'm stuck somewhere here in the middle of having kids at home and having them move away. So number one, the first thing that I want to say that I have learned is the best place for my child to be is in the center of God's will. God has a calling, a plan, and a purpose for our children, and our job is to help them walk in that calling and go do and be wherever, whatever, and whoever God has called them to be. And we're going to look at that a little bit more later on through the life of Moses in the Bible. Okay, number two that I have learned, I am not my child's savior. But if I'm not careful, my need to insert myself into their lives may keep them from seeing their need for a savior. As hard as it is to take our hands off the controls, we have to be so careful to not interfere with with what God is doing in the lives of our children. Now, this is a broad statement, and depending on what you're dealing with, it can be misunderstood. So please spend some time talking with the Lord about it without jumping to your own conclusions. I just know for myself that God has challenged me to let him do his job when he is at work in my children's lives, which can be so painful. Um, but they need to be able to feel conviction. They need to be able to face their own depravity, their sin. They need to be able to see their need for his presence in their life. And while we hate to see them hurting or uncomfortable, let that be a time where you can offer comfort as you point them to the wonderful counselor, the healer, and the savior of the world. Number three, empower your kids while they live with you. Teach them life skills like how to budget or how to cook, how to handle conflict, how to manage their appetites. I'm talking phones and social media, things that pull them into a place of sin. Um, Teach them how to drive or how to mow the yard. Letting them go out into the world will feel less scary and unsettling if we have done our job in preparing them for adult life. Number four, teach them the word of God. Be creative, okay? When we pulled our kids out of a private Christian school and sent them to public school, I became more aware than ever before that it was our duty as parents to teach our kids what the Bible says. And to be honest, I, I should have had that mindset even if they were in a private Christian school because it is so important for our kids to learn the Word of God from their parents, Um, It it is vital. It doesn't matter what school that you have them in. But once they were in public school, I became more aware of this, more convicted of this than ever before. So we bought a um, Bible curriculum through a homeschool program. I don't remember. I don't remember the name of it now. Um, but if you are a homeschool mom that you have, and you have a Bible curriculum that you really like for your kids, please send it my way and I will add a link to it in the show notes or share it some other time here on another episode. But have your own Bible class at home for the kids and challenge them with Bible memorization. And then, of course, keep them plugged in in the typical options that are offered to us through our churches, such as Bible memory, Sunday school, VBS youth group, or any other children's ministries. 
Tim and I, our personal opinion is that our children would be in church and youth group before sports. And if you know us at all or have been listening for any length of time, you know that we are very involved in sports, so don't shut me out here. Sports has played a huge role in my children's lives as it teaches life skills and character development. I will not disagree with you on that. And I have zero regrets about my kids playing sports. I also have zero regrets for the times that we said no to them playing on a Sunday afternoon or evening or Sunday morning, definitely, because we wanted them to be at church or youth group. There is a balance, and we as parents are the ones to make the judgment on what that balance looks like. And while my kids were disappointed at times, guess what? They are doing just fine. And through those experiences, we have taught them the importance of honoring and reverencing God. I never want to allow my discomfort with my child's disappointment to keep me from pointing them towards the cross. Did you hear what I said? (laughs) I'll say it again. I never want to allow my discomfort with my child's disappointment that it keeps me from pointing them towards the cross. Because at the end of the day, their relationship with the Lord matters so much more than their abilities on a basketball court. All right, number five. Have fun with your kids. Wait, what does having fun with my kids have to do with letting go? I'm glad you asked. To me, having fun with my kids means strengthening the bonds within our family so that after they leave home, and maybe if life gets hard, they will know who to turn to for encouragement and advice. Tim and I have a family creed that we wrote when the kids were little, and it states, In this family, we celebrate each other. We speak life and are secure in knowing there will never be a shortage of love. We hear each other out, laugh a lot, put each other first, and forgive without reservation. Together, we will persevere even under greatest trials. No matter where our feet take us, we always know that we are loved and cherished. There is no other family like ours. What we have is uniquely designed by God for us, and we will forever value and protect this gift called family. So while it doesn't have to be expensive and complicated, it can add so much when we as parents let our hair down a little and find ways to make life fun. Like, here's a few examples. Um, Have a backwards dinner. We did this one time. We all sat in our chairs backwards. We wore our clothes backwards. We started with dessert first. Okay, that's something that costs nothing, but the memories are priceless. Build a fort in the living room. Then let the kids sleep in it if they want to. My kids used to pretend they were dogs and they would drink water out of cereal bowls in their forts. Another one that we did all the time, use painter's tape to make roads on the floors so they can drive around with their little toys and trucks. And um, We would mark out fields and houses. Of course, living, you know, we're country folk, right? So we would, we would create this whole you know, little community with the fields and the houses and they would select where they were going to live. And then we'd set up the animals and the pastures that we created and the kids loved it and they'd play for hours. And after a few days, we'd maybe pull up the tape and then put it away for several weeks or months before we would do it again. Um, Another thing that my kids loved to do is they would hide their toy animals all over the house. And then I would, I would do that for them. And then they'd come out and they'd go on a safari hunt. Plan a game night or do a scavenger hunt. The ideas are endless. Being present is really what matters and all that it takes. And having fun with our kids requires something else. And that is for us to lay down our burdens so that we can be free from anxiety, fear, and worry. 
Letting our kids go in a healthy manner calls for the same thing, to lay down our burdens so that we can be free from anxiety and fear and worry. And that leads me into number six, which is to pray for our children. Do we fully understand Satan's strategy from the beginning of time hasn't changed? That's right. Just as he convinced Eve in the garden to question God, he does the same to us today. I see him pushing the news in our faces and reminding us of our frailties. I see him terrorizing moms at the thought of raising kids in a scary world. And I see him creating scenarios to play through our minds that rob us of our peace and steal our joy. But what if we took the time we have dedicated to listening to him and use it instead to listen to what God has to say? After all, while we do have an enemy roaming throughout the earth seeking whom he may devour, he is a powerless enemy. Jesus defeated the devil through the cross, and I love the reminder that Jesus himself said, all authority has been given to me. And I tell the teenagers this all the time, if Jesus said that and he has all authority, how much does Satan have? He has none. And the only time he has access into our lives is when we allow him in. I've said it on here before, and I will say it again. I'm convinced that we could live much more power-filled lives if we, if we just understood what all we have access to through Jesus. So I will continue to pursue that power in my own life, even as I pass that knowledge on to my kids and pray that same power, authority, and anointing over them. Okay, so those are my six different things that I have learned through the years. And I want to just share this with you. We recently hosted a youth retreat with over 100 teens from our church and community. And friends, be encouraged. These kids are hungry for more of God. They want more of God in their lives. They want the fire of the Holy Spirit to live inside them. And I have the honor and privilege of getting a front row seat and witnessing them crying out in both worship but also in pain. They're longing for his voice. They are desperate for healing and to know his love. The next generation is not a lost cause. And God is inviting us who are older to pave the way for our kids to live a supernatural life. This is no time for apathy, laziness, or fear that causes us to shrink back. It is time to pursue God ourselves with all that we are, to ask him for wisdom, and to parent boldly. The Bible is filled with accounts of mothers who had to let go. Hannah and Mary quickly come to mind as classic examples of mothers who released their sons to allow them to walk in their calling. But today, as I mentioned earlier, my mind keeps going back to another mother. Her name was Jochebed. Do you recognize that name? She, Jochebed, was the mother of Moses. She was born into oppression, into slavery in Egypt during a terrible time in history for the Hebrew people. She was a wife and a mother to two children already when she became pregnant with her third child, which would be her son, Moses. It was during this time that politics got involved and the king of Egypt, Pharaoh, wanted to thin down the amount of Israelites living among them for fear that they would overpower the Egyptians. So he told the Hebrew midwives to kill any sons born to the Hebrew women. The midwives refused to obey Pharaoh, so instead he ordered that the baby boys be thrown into the Nile River, and I cannot even imagine the helplessness of that experience. But the Bible tells us how Jochebed placed Moses in a basket and then set him in the very thing intended to take his life, and that was the Nile. What did she think would happen? 
Could she have imagined the outcome? I have so many questions for her. What we do know, though, is that the princess, Pharaoh's daughter, and her maidservants came down to the Nile to bathe and happened to find Moses in the basket. Imagine the self-control it must have taken for Jochebed to present herself as a servant to the one who now had control over her son's life. It took faith, self-control, and humility to offer herself as a nurse for the child, knowing he would soon be taken from her home, from her care, from her protection, from her control, to live with the enemy's daughter. She couldn't have known what we now know. She could not have imagined that by her willingness to release control of her child, it would be ultimately what would save not only his life, but it would be a catalyst for the freedom of her people. My personal belief is that Moses benefited greatly by being raised in a palace where he was taught to think like one with authority rather than a slave or a victim mentality. Had he been kept hidden away from the world his whole life, it is likely he would have been raised to fear everything. But his mother's courage and faith in God placed him in a palace where he could observe a new way of thinking, a new way of living, and it would be the very training he would need to walk out the calling God had for him, a calling that would affect world history. I don't know what space or place you're in. You may be in the early years snuggling a newborn and battling fears for their future. You may be trying to stay awake while juggling toddlers and tweens while dreading and longing for them to move to the next stage. Or maybe you just packed one off to college and are adjusting to the unusual silence in your home. Sending our kids off into the world can feel uh, scary and overwhelming. We can feel like Jochebed placing our babies among the bulrushes of the Nile and praying to God a crocodile doesn't find them. But I have been challenged by God over the past weeks to do all that I can to raise my children for the world they do live in, to both guide and correct them while knowing when to take my hands off the controls, to empower them, to spend time teaching them the tools they will need to be salt and light in their communities, to remember that I am mothering by the power of the Holy Spirit and my prayers for my children carry weight and authority. We can choose to be driven by fear or by faith, but we can't do both. Can you walk in faith afraid? Sure, I have definitely stepped out in faith while shaking in my boots, but there is a courage that rises up with each act of obedience to what God is calling of me. What is God asking of you? I feel like this message is, it's hitting both heavy and hard, and that's not really the intention my hope and prayer was to en- is and was <laughs> to encourage and empower you as a parent to break off fear-based mindsets and be open to hearing from God. And that might mean changing how you parent. Maybe it won't. Either way, I invite you to remember today that God holds your children in the palm of his hand and he has entrusted you with this high calling of raising them to glorify him. Don't miss out on it. Time passes so quickly, so make the most of each opportunity. Let me pray for you. Dear God, I pray for each parent who's listening today, and I ask that you would strengthen them and encourage them, that you would call them into a place of greater faith in who you are and what your word says. 
And I thank you, God, that you love our children more than we do. And that seems so crazy and impossible sometimes, but it is truth because you gave your son to die so that we could live. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. Please take a moment to share this with a friend or on your social media accounts. In fact, tag me on Instagram and I'll be sure to reshare it on my stories. Also, don't forget to hit that follow button so you don't miss an episode. I hope that you were encouraged and inspired today. Always remember, your life has purpose, you have value, you are loved, and with Jesus, you can rise above your storm. Get out of the boat, friend. Let's walk on water.